The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chipping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other symptoms, please contact your therapist. Because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage. Actually, he's not even in the cage right now because his fight got cancelled because he got his ass kicked just a little bit. Bear Fjorda, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, I did. I um, I have internal bruising, according to an ER doctor in Loma Linda. And but, a possible, you know, uh, what was it, yeah. possible what, hemorrhoid? What, but, but what do they know? Is uh, it possible hemorrhoids? Hemorrhoid, no. Uh, uh, hernia. Her, oh, thank God, hernia. I'm, I'm going with hemorrhoids. They couldn't say it wasn't a hernia because it's not something you can diagnose unless you're currently having your intestines protrude through your abdomen. But it's quite possible I did develop one and we won't know until someone hits me there again. I, I maintain uh, I it's hemorrhoids. Sure, hemorrhoids. <laughs> but I will for sure experience internal hemorrhaging if I continue to train without taking some time off to heal up the left side of my body. That sounds gross. It, I mean, it's not the greatest feeling in the world. I'm more disappointed that I'm out of my fight now because of it. Um, but we're going to find my guy and opponent, so we're definitely going to make sure that no one else has to suffer just because I am. That being said, uh what the fuck? I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Hell yeah, we do. Uh, that that being said, why are you in a job that can literally make you pee blood? It makes me happy. Peeing bring, blood it, makes it, you happy? No, no, no. The job itself brings me great deals of joy. The side effects, I mean, there's side effects of every job. I mean, if you work in construction because you love the idea of building, you... You risk injury, uh, damage to your hands, body, possible death. There's possible death anywhere. If you work at McDonald's, there's possible death for you, either by uh, me mechanical failure or the people who come to visit you at McDonald's for the food. Yeah, my only hope, if we're talking about peeing blood, is this yeah. Brendan Allen guy ends up peeing blood. That's that's uh, my yeah. hope. Uh, she's referencing a UFC fight coming up where Smile and Sam Alvey, one of the guests we've had on the show a couple different times now, will be fighting Brendan Allen, who's a last-minute replacement for like three previous opponents for Sam. It was Phil, Phil, yeah. Hughes. Phil Hawes. Before Ian, Phil Hawes, Ian Heinich, and I don't remember the very first guy who was set up it's for this fight. Been it's a, been so long Like, now. really? And poor Sam is now in a position where he was prepping for this uh, Phil bloke, and all of a sudden he's cancelled like five days before the fight. But points to uh, Brendan Allen for stepping in. I know Sam's the underdog, but Sam is a beast. Yeah. 
And I he, mean, I, I, that's probably why you have internal bruising. Well, hey, he no was kidding. cranky with you after you kicked him. Yeah, I have that video up right now. It did pretty good. But Sam has also done exceptionally well at the 205 range. So we're definitely going to see how that plays out in the in the Jared Bear Fjorda side of the entertainment world, that is. Mm. Yeah. Also in this side uh, of the world, there's a little bit of controversy surrounding Joe Rogan that I think we should at least touch on slightly. Uh, so Joe Rogan's usual... What was it? Usual spread of misinformation and bullshit finally caught up with him. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that we have to use the term usual because it didn't used to be like that. No, I, I re really used to like Joe Rogan before he got all political and um, tinfoil hatty. I was a Joe Rogan fan for a few years now, and he's always been slightly off. But he's always slightly off in a very funny way, in a way everyone could believe. And it wasn't harmful to anyone else's health. Who cares if we believed in tinfoil hats stopping the alien invaders? I don't think that one's entirely true, but I'm just throwing it out there as a joke. Um, but when he started to disregard the uh, the scientists and the specialists, he would bring on board even to the point where he's debating the facts as he's reading them off his uh, screen. That became a problem for me. And uh, well, now we get to the point where people on Spotify were actually starting to protest his uh, podcast being there. I, I got to give themselves. I got to give points like Neil Diamond left. And Spotify is like, okay, old dude. Like nobody. Neil Diamond. Was it Neil Diamond? No. Who was it? It was Neil something, but it wasn't Neil Diamond. Check up who it was, please, Alexis. There were some other. So he left, and and then yeah. there were a few popular ones. Um, and, Oprah's psychiatrist. Or yeah, yeah, and then off. and then I loved Joe Rogan's response. First of all, he said he was a fan of the guy's music. Yeah. He's like, and I'm still a fan, and I'm really sorry. I thought Joe Rogan handled that better. If that was he that did it himself, I'm really proud of him. Hmm? Neil, Neil Young. Young, that was it. He said he's a fan of Neil Young's music. He's like, but um, I'm I'm really sorry. And I thought it was well handled by Joe Rogan. I was mm -hmm. very, very impressed. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since we heard any class uh, in the political discord. And I'm, you know, it, the first bit of decency we've seen in political disagreement is from a podcaster. And that was from Joe Rogan. So points for how we handled it. Absolutely. It's why I agree with you when I say hopefully it is uh, him saying it, maybe not necessarily a spin doctor or a publicist. Yeah, well, either way, I'm, I'm impressed with how it was handled. Yeah. I'm sorry it's happening. Um, that being said, when things come down, I hope that Joe Rogan stops with the tinfoil hat bullshit. Yeah. At the very least, he can believe whatever he wants to believe, but do believe when facts come up. Do believe when you have maybe seen a different point of view that is proven to be correct over yours. I think something that that catches, and I'm going to say this: mm -hmm. when you're dealing with people that believe, genuinely believe, um, in in the whole uh, weirdness, and you know the whole pedophiles and or pedophiles and blood drinking lizards and all of that. People aren't trying to be vicious; they really are trying to help other people. He really thought he was helping people. You know, granted, he was telling them to take horse dewormer. It's not not smart, but he did believe he was helping people. And I think people doing their best is great, but there cannot be opinions on the truth. And that's something I find very weird about America. You can have your own feeling on it, but there aren't versions or shades of the truth. No, and I, I think we need to get back to a point where we can disagree on how to handle things 
but not what the definition of a potato is. That's where I'm at, too. If you have a different perspective or point of view, fine. But you can't have different perspectives on facts. They are what they are. That is the bottom line. But beyond that, I'm very happy to say that with this apology, I'm looking forward to perhaps coming becoming a Joe Rogan fan again. Uh, I personally wasn't listening to any of his podcasts anymore. I hadn't bothered to look up any of his comedy anymore. But with this, I see a bright light coming along. Or at least I hope I do. You just really like Joe Rogan. I do. I, I, I'm nostalgic. I hold on to it. And nostalgic, granted, I only started listening to him as of like three years ago, but nostalgic nonetheless. Well, I hope he gets it better. Speaking of getting a, getting back on track, um, Sam Alvey is fighting this weekend with uh, Sean uh, on, on the Sean Strickland fight. Who's Sean Strickland fighting? Sean, I don't know. If Sean Strickland's fighting. I people who ask me about different fighters or competitions coming up. Honestly, you know so much more about it than I do. I people even ask me what UFC fights coming up or. You know, what do you think of UFC 270, whatever, 260, whatever? And I feel so bad because I just I have no idea who's even fighting on those cards. I just happened to catch it last minute. Some days I even miss the fights altogether and I'm late to the show and have to go back and rewatch highlights or uh, sign on ESPN and check it out myself. Well, I know Sean Strickland is fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam Alvey is fighting a guy named Brendan Allen. Yeah. Now, kudos to him for stepping up at the last. I minute. know that was that was really cool of him. Kill him, Sam. <laughs> yeah, make friends after, but for those 15 minutes, he's your mortal enemy. We have so much weirdness going on in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. and then, well, I know there's a lot going on with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian still, uh, especially with those different women that he was trying to use to make her jealous. It's, it's just gotten weird. Or, or at least that's what Kim attacking. says. I don't know if... No, he, he was. He's okay, publicly he was attacking that. her. It's getting weird. That's really bad when you got the kids involved. But that also tells us two things. One... He's not taking his medication, and two, he's not listening to anyone who's telling him to take that medication. He's outright disregarding the advice of the people who care about him most, and it's just unfortunate. Jack Hermanson is fighting Sean Strickland in this fight, by the way. Okay. Jack Hermanson just had a, a grappling match against another really well-known welterweight fighter. So he's uh, – I think at the time they were fighting at a higher weight versus 170, but this is a middleweight bout, so 185 pounds. That makes sense. Yeah. But no, back back to the topic at hand with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. I just feel so bad for her. Everyone gives the Kardashians crap. Everyone's on them for years now about being talentless people or calling them worse names than people to infer that they're not uh, deserving of the amount of money I and respect I think what I find so weird is the amount of um, dating black guy jokes they make about the Kardashians. Like, do you guys understand how racist this is? Not only that, how racist it was when they uh, found out she was dating – Who's the uh, the Saturday Night Live comedian? Oh, um, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. They're that like, he's was... a good starter white boy. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Me? Okay, I, I thought that was funny. I'm sorry. It was a – the only reason I could find it funny is because of the years of racial comments about her dating black men. That's the only reason I find it funny now because it was such a huge deal to people. And all of a sudden she's dating some white guy. Now it's more comical than ever. I just figure date whoever you want. She found a guy who kind of understands her position, maybe. I I think what it comes down to is a very, very simple view that people still have mm -hmm. of there must be some kind of deficiency with these women if they like black men. And I don't get it. My mom's boyfriend's black. Mm -hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. 
Um, and I've gotten more comments about the fact that my mum is dating a black guy than I did with the fact that she was like 15 years older than my dad. Like nobody gave a shit that she was, you know, cradle robbing with my dad, but my mom is now also cradle robbing. I think she just likes younger men with, with her current boyfriend and uh, the comments that I hear from people are really upsetting. It's only weird when you remind her that she was taking algebra two and he was uh, nursing his mother's boobs. Nice. I think the weirdest one was um, I dated a guy who worked at Universal Studios when like Land Before Time was out. And then he saw a picture of me as a teeny little kid uh, at Universal Studios hugging one of the dinosaurs. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I was having sex in the back of that theater. (laughs) Such a great way to think about it. Well, I'm about 10 years older than you. Yeah. And we'll we'll say about. <laughs> we'll say about. And um, I don't think that bothers me. Like, I I haven't really thought much about it. No, people tend in our, in our industry tend to not think about age. Once you're an adult, it's really up to you at that point. Your decisions are your own. But it doesn't stop people from making the jokes about it, like I said, with your mother. The one that creeped me out with making the jokes about that. Yeah. Was uh, Machine Gun Kelly oh, making jokes? Oh my God! I almost forgot that just resurfaced too. Twenty thirteen. We can jump back on that in a little bit, I guess, because we have a minute left before we go to break. But twenty thirteen, him talking about uh, Kylie Jenner. No, uh, he was talking about Kendall. Uh, Kendall Jenner when she was seventeen years old, and how he doesn't care if she's seventeen. Because Axel Rose he did would it. Get up all in that quote unquote, if he had the chance. That's fucking sick. Yeah, That's and it's sick. also not the first time he's been caught saying pedophilic stuff like that. Other times, like two other times, they reference. I love Megan Fox. Megan Fox, no, honey, no, get away from the pedo. Yeah, I'm just saying. They have kids. I love, I love Megan Fox. That poor woman who's gone through holy hell in Hollywood. She's Mm -hmm. a talented actress. She is beautiful inside and out. And I hope to God uh, that he's got his shit together. But I don't think people grow out of being a pedophile. I'm just saying. It's, it's not – I don't think that's something that you grow out of. What, no. Do you know of kids that are pedophiles that are just 18 years old? Nope, not anymore. No. It's, it's There's something wrong with him. All right, guys. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting – ouch, I just hit myself – with the amazing pastor Jeremy Coleman. Uh, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of Christianity on the internet. Don't run. I promise. He's funny. He's fun. Every time I say we're going to be talking about Christianity on the internet, people like, um, is this really that kind of show? He's a pastor that comes on this show. I'd like to point that out. Oh, no, you're going to enjoy everything. You're going to enjoy the hell out of him. He's one of my favorite TikTokers. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Foray and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. 
Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear that isn't allowed in the cage right now, Bear Fiorda, and our very, very special guest, Pastor Jeremy Coleman. Now, what, he's trying to show me your TikTok. I know. I follow him. Yeah. No, no, no. I just want, I just want to make sure because I want to actually congratulate you, uh, Jeremy. The last time you were on, we had about 130,000 followers. You have now skyrocketed past that with close to 300,000 followers on TikTok. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's been pretty wild. Like, I mean, I was telling somebody the other day that it's, it definitely has uh, its uh, insane ups and downs for sure. Like, that, you know, it goes from I get to meet some really cool people who are like, oh, we're fans of yours, you know, and which is always fun. But then, uh, you know, the death threats are always cool, too. So um, it's, uh, yeah. Wait, it's wait, 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 no, no, no. There, rewind, rewind. Death threats? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, anytime, anytime my stuff hits national news, uh, I've had it happen, you know, a few times just with different topics. Um Anytime my stuff hits national news, like this last time, I could directly draw the line between uh, Fox News and the death threats that I got. So <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. But I actually had somebody send me a picture of the front door of my house and uh, say, you know, I know where you are, I know where your kids go to school. I mean, stuff like that. Like it, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. So why? Okay, why were you on Fox News and why were you getting death threats? So the most recent spin was, um, so, so I've had this happen a couple of times. Like, I I think actually the last time that uh, I got a chance to hang out with uh, Mm y'all was over the modest is hottest debate. Right. So, Oh yes. um, I remember we got write-ins from a bunch of Christian groups and we are not a Christian show. And I'm I'm like, Oh, (laughs) hello. You are very angry with us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so that that absolutely happened, and so as soon as like, you know, the Blaze Network and some of those more conservative outlets picked it up, that's when things kind of got heated up. Um, this this most recent time, um, I had I had taken, uh, I, you know, I I had gotten sent this video a bunch of uh, of a church in San Antonio hosting this like giant political rally. And everybody inside the church, like from the from the pulpit, the guy was leading a uh, "Let's Go Brandon" chant, like in the church. 
And uh, I was like, oh, this is like disgusting on every level. I mean, I have my personal po- political beliefs. I definitely share a lot of that on my platform. Uh, but when it comes to like, I still think there's some sanctity of like protecting the church and like that should be a place where we just talk about Jesus. Um, and so uh, like, I just thought it was disgusting on a lot of levels, partially because I think the whole let's go Brandon thing is the most asinine, stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. But, um, but on top of that, like, I thought it was really inappropriate just in that setting. So I called that out and I did, I did some interviews and then that, um, I, I worked with the Fox news affiliate out of San Antonio who did the original interview and then the Fox and then, um, Fox news picked it up. Um, or I should say the Fox Fox affiliate in San Antonio and then Fox news picked it up from there. And then that's when it kind of got pretty dicey there for a minute. <laughs> I, myself, I didn't actually catch an interview like that. What was the experience speaking to Fox news? Were they welcoming hostile on your side against you? If, if they even, well, if it could even be so like that. for anyone that doesn't know the let's go, Brandon, uh, is used as a minced oath for fuck Joe Biden. Just for the audience, yeah. I apologize for my language, Pastor. Like I was raised in Catholic Church, I don't want to swear out to Pastor. Um, but that's no, for anyone no, that doesn't um, know, that's what yeah. it's, that's what it means. Yeah, no, that, that that's exactly what it means. Yeah, it's a, it's a euphemism, and uh, and so um, so fortunately, so what I did was um, I had I had a reporter from the Fox affiliate, like the local news station there in San Antonio, reach out. I did the interview with her. She was amazing and gracious and did great journalism. Fox News picked up the story and then took clips, obviously, because they it's they Fox. are part of that brand, right? Yeah. And so they they took that story and took clips of that story and ran it on their shows and, you know, uh, put it, put it on their website and stuff like that. So I never, uh, I never got the, uh, the privilege <laughs> we'll say of dealing directly with Fox news because, um, they knew I would probably get pretty combative on their airwaves and they don't, they don't want that. I, I, I have often said I would like one, one sit down with Tucker Carlson, <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's a freaking uh, insane I'd, person. I'd and, like five uh, minutes in the ring yeah. between Bear and Tucker Carlson. Does that count? I'm just I saying. Think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, hey, Bear. So, so uh, uh, you're, you're not. You you can't be in the cage right now. What's up with that? Yeah, I actually I'm injured out of my fight that was scheduled for February 18th. I have internal bruising, and if I continue to stress that part of my body, I will hemorrhage. Apparently, when you have Sam Alvey and Fernando Gonzalez punching you repeatedly, uh, eventually there's internal bruising. Yeah, mutual UFC and Bellator <laughs> fighters. The two of them. Yeah, no that 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 feels like that feels like it only ends poorly for one person, and you're that one person. So yeah, when you're um, in my status, yes, absolutely. But yeah, work your way up. You sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. I just happen to be the nail a lot recently. Do you just happen to be the shoe? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> oh man. Well, man, I, I hope you, I hope you get to feel better soon. I I, uh, I I hate to hear that. I know it's I know it's tough walking through that, but uh, anyway, I just I was curious because I, I heard that just in passing, and summer was bringing us back in. So. <laughs> yeah, no, so, absolutely, and I appreciate that. You get death threats. You have uh, a lot of the Christian right that absolutely despises you. 
Um, I know because I got a lot of letters. Well, I say letters. It was emails and texts and things. Uh, they're not. They're not a big fan, uh, especially because you don't seem to correlate uh, the be, because of your take on the modest is hottest. That's what started this, and then it's kind of rolled into this. Can you tell everyone a little bit about what happened now? Yeah. So I think. I think it went from being, you know, because at first it started out like it, it, my first TikTok video that went viral was like on election day in 2020. And so I, I remember. you know, I, I just, <laughs> I, I talked about being, uh, you know, a white, you know, pastor from a conservative area that voted for Joe Biden. And, you know, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, cool, you know, like, this is interesting. Tell us more. Um and then there were a lot of people who just immediately were like, oh, this communist, this, you know, whatever, and, um, you know, heretic and, you know, anything else they can think of. But uh, so, so that's kind of where, that's kind of where the, the platform started. And so, but what's been interesting is over the last year or, or a little bit longer than a year now is that it went from, it went from like, I would, so with the modest is hottest thing, I had a video go viral and therefore that kind of sparked like, you know, Newsweek reaching out and stuff like that with some of these, some of these current things. And, and this has been a really weird thing, you know, and bear, well, you know, you were with, asking about. Uh, with, with the modest is hottest. Can you tell everyone your take on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I think, I think the phrase to boil it down with the best is, is that, um, you know, women don't need to change their clothes. Men need to change their mindsets. Um, and really the bottom line is, is that the church is, has created, especially the fundamentalist church in America, um, has created uh, a culture of abuse. And, you know, they act like men can't control themselves. And, you know, they're just these sexual, sexual animals who, you know, they see pretty woman, must have pretty woman, you know, that kind of thing. And, um my it is very insulting for men. Like what you can't, you, you can't grow out of that. You can't learn to, I, I, I've often told a lot of guys, Hey, what if we were to learn how to appreciate the beauty of women without sexualizing it? What if we appreciated the professionalism of women, the intelligence of women, um, the wisdom of women without sexualizing it. Like what if we just appreciated it for what it was instead of, instead of making a, a big deal. But, you know, I find so often it's these guys who are insecure in their sexuality and, you know, whatever, and they feel like they've got an alpha over somebody or something. And I've often said, you know, page one, paragraph one, sentence one in the cult handbook is control the women. And so, you know, these, these cultish type places are, working really hard to keep women suppressed because they know that women bring incredible ideas to the table. They know that bring women bring empowerment to the table. They know that women bring growth to the, to the table. And, and, uh, if that ever happened, they would lose their power and, and they don't want to do that. And so there's a lot of conservative, hyper-conservative evangelicals or hyper-conservative cults that don't like the things like myself and other pastors say, because, uh, they, uh, they like the way that they have their um, their life set up, and they like the power and the control that they have. What do you think of the individual on TikTok or social media who would share the same value? Like, it's not just 
Christianity or religious groups that feel the same way, you can find plenty of, let's say, atheist teenagers or young men who have this opinion of women are dressing too provocatively. They need to be better controlled. They're called incels. uh, I deserve this woman. Yes, the incel community. What do you... What would you? Or, well, we're going to go to break. I really, I want to. I, I would very much like to hear uh, your your answer to that, Pastor Coleman. We are going to go to break, guys. When we come back, we are going to be on with Pastor Jeremy Coleman, Bear Fiora, the hairiest bear that doesn't get to fight in the cage, and myself. Right after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, the baddest bear who doesn't get to be in the cage because he has internal bruising, and I keep calling it uh, hemorrhoids, but they think it might be a hernia. I still think it's hemorrhoids. And Pastor Jeremy Coleman. Right before the break, we were discussing um, the... Actually, I'll go back because I finally was able to construct my thoughts over this. Uh, the incel community heavily believes that women are not only subservient, but they need to be uh, better controlled, including how they dress and where they live and what they do in society. And it's a two-parter. What is your opinion well, on that belief? Well, there's a lot belief? of crossover with that with, with yeah, the Christian community. And there's a lot of that in the Christian community, too. Uh, what is your opinion on that belief? And if you had the opportunity to talk to one of these young men, what would you tell them? Or if you have, what was your experience? <clears throat> so... I, I have had the chance to sit down with a lot of guys like that, um, you know, young and old, and uh, uh, coming from all sorts of different worldviews, right? Not just Christianity, but 
across the board, um, folks who would identify as agnostic or even atheist. And I got into an argument other, with a Hasidic guy over that. Yeah, I, you know, there are guys from all sorts of different walks uh, of life and that kind of have that, have that view. And, um, <clears throat> you know, my challenge is always, why? You know, like, I want to hear why you think that. Um, a lot of them will say, well, because it causes, you, you know, it leads to, it leads to sexual abuse, it leads to this, it leads to that, whatever. So my challenge, my pushback to that is always, well, you, you know, basically you're saying, well, it was what she was wearing or it's how she was acting and she asked for it or whatever. Um, you know, so my, my thing with that is always the same is that, uh, <laughs> the only way to consent is the word yes. Um, and so, you know, men need to understand that, uh, they are not owed sexual encounters. They don't deserve sexual encounters. Um, and so they need to completely change their mind on that. But the biggest thing I tell all these guys is that, is that we have to, as men in this culture, evolve and grow out of that animalistic mentality. We have to, we have to learn uh, how to appreciate, respect, and, and idolize women without the fear of, and I think ultimately it boils down the same for all of these guys, no matter what worldview they come from, no matter what walk of life they come from. Um, you know, let's be honest, everybody likes the idea of power and control. White men in America have had all the power and control. And so when you start saying, oh, we should step aside to give voices to these to these people who are going to make us better whether it be people of color whether it be uh women you know whatever the case is disenfranchised marginalized communities lgbtqia plus like um they feel like they're losing power and uh and control and that's uncomfortable but uh in true growth comes true discomfort and uh i i would say i would say get really comfortable with being uncomfortable my, well, my question is, why would they think they're... Lo I mean, they're not losing power. One person succeeding doesn't make another person fail. Life is not a zero-sum game. They think it is, though. They, they, they think that... It, it, I think internally they believe... That, and you're right. We all get better. If the community is better, we're all better, right? So the best ideas at the table, the best minds at the table... You know, we're taking those, and it doesn't matter where it came from. Like, we, we all trust one another. We all love one another. Like, that's what it should look like. But unfortunately, when people have the, you know, the end-all, be-all say, they don't want to let anybody who doesn't look like them or think like them or act like them to the table because, it, because they, they're afraid of what they don't know. And, you know, the, le the, the less number of people that are allowed at the table with an idea, the easier it is to control the ideas. So, you know, yes, are we, are we better off when people from marginalized communities get a voice at the table and, you know, because it's not even our table to control in the first place, but, but that we all end up there and, and get to have an amazing conversation about how we can be better as people and, and, and humanity. Yeah, we're better off for that. But folks like you and I see that other people don't see it the same way, whether they would admit that or not. Something I'm going to ask, it was something that was talked about last time and we've had a couple of write-ins about it. Do you think the uh, neo-Christian um, obsession with virginity 
has a negative effect yeah. on on the um, the social and sexual relationships in the Christian community. A thousand percent. Um, <clears throat> so I have I have told people often. I was just having this conversation today. As a matter of fact, on another podcast that I was interviewing on, um, I I said that purity culture has created. Uh, more problems for, for couples um, inside of that, you know, evangelical culture than anything else. There, there are three things internally of a marriage or a, a, you know, a deep relationship. There are three things internally that cause the most divorce. Um, and so that obviously internally, I mean like not extramarital affairs, things that go yeah, outside yeah. of the marriage, right? Um, internally in reverse order, it's children, money, and sex. So those are the three things that cause the most division in the marriage. People, I can see that. you know, and, and number three, you know, yeah. And so, and number one is the, the top thing on that list is sex for evangelical couples, for couples who grew up in a, you know, in a fundamentalist or evangelical culture in the United States. The reason for that is, is kind of, kind of a really easy example of that is, um, they began indoctrinating, and I was part of this culture too. They Me began too. indoctrinating um, kids. Let's call them, you know, because they are they're kids. They begin indoctrinating these kids when their minds are moldable. They're at the most formidable stages of their neurological pathways. You're creating auto responses with your neurological pathways. I mean, like this is like very like, you know, it, it's scientific stuff. It's not. It's not just how people feel like it's you are creating this culture uh, in a very real physical way for people. So what happens is you take either young middle schoolers like sixth, eighth grade or even even young high school, like ninth or Mm tenth at a very young, formidable age where they're creating these neurological pathways, creating auto responses. And you take all the boys into a room and you tell these boys, hey, listen. When you get married, just wait until you get married. If you mess up, it's totally okay. God will forgive you. Like, just pray for forgiveness. You can start over. Uh, but when you get married, your wife, she's going to she's gonna love you. You're going to be the head of your household. You're, she's going to be submissive. You're going to have, and, and I, I even heard a, I heard a small group leader in a church say this one time, you're going to have your own personal porn star. That's what you're going to have in your marriage. What? So these, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean these these are things that are getting taught behind closed doors. Okay, so these these boys, they get taught all that, and then you know, and then the person teaching is like, all right, guys, let's go play some you know basketball, let's go play some dodgeball, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are indoctrinated, they're auto responsive. If I just behave myself until I get married, it's on. Like whatever I want, whenever I want it, it's on. Okay. Um, whereas on the other side, in the other room. Little Susie and her friends, who were middle school girls, they're being taught by a girl who was also indoctrinated in this culture, probably, or shamed into this culture because of her past. They're being taught that um, anytime you give any part of your sexuality away, 
it's like this flower. And like I, I, I've seen it done where they hold up flowers and they, and they go, well, when you kiss a boy, you're losing a, a petal to this rose. And if you, you know, if you, you know, uh, have oral sex, you're losing, you know, three petals to this rose. And, you know, if you give your virginity away, all the petals are gone. Do you really just want to give your husband a stem on your, you know, on your wedding night? You're supposed to be a, a beautiful flower and you're, you're desecrating yourself. Or the other one that I saw was, uh, a piece of gum. Anytime you give your sexuality away, it's like, it's like chewing a piece of gum. Do you want to give your husband a chewed piece of gum? You know? And so whereas boys are like, I get whatever I want, whenever I want. This is amazing. Girls are told at their most formative years that if you, if you act out on your sexual desires, if you act out on your libido, if you, if you even act out on your attractions, you're a hoe point blank period. You're garbage, you're used up, you're washed up, you're, you're gross. Well, let's fast forward. So now little Johnny and little Susie, they've both grown up in the evangelical culture. They've both been a part of this indoctrination. Now they get married. They're young because a lot of couples who get married inside that culture are early 20s, even earlier. I got um, married at 18. I, I get it. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. My wife is, yeah. Yeah, my wife was 19 and I was 20. I mean, we came out of that culture and and so now all of a sudden, well, you know, little Johnny's ready to rock. Like he, he knows, like it's, you know, it's game on. Like I was told she's going to be my porn star. Like I get what I want when I want it, how I want it. And would you, would you be shocked to understand that little Susie, it's not just a, not just a switch that she can flip in her mind. She can't just go from spending her entire life being told that if she does this, she's a Jezebel, she's a harlot, she's a, you know, whatever, to all of a sudden just being completely open and, and available to this guy who she just married. And so out of that develops a lot of uh, fights, and then the fights turn into resentment, and then the resentment turns into anger, and the anger turns into hate, and it turns into abusive situations, or it turns into divorces. And a lot of times it turns into both. And so that's, that's where the biggest problem is in this purity culture bullcrap. If we would just instead quit pretending like, you know, high schoolers aren't having sex and start actually talking them to them about honest sexuality, we would be in a lot better place. Um, but instead, you know, this, this abstinence and, you know, stay holy and pure and all this garbage has, has taken the, the forefront in the church. And it's, it's absolutely, it's ruining kids and it's ruining marriages. Well, I think it's very, very psychologically damaging. And I, I came from that same culture. I almost became a nun actually, but uh, my father talked me out of it, talked me into being an underwear model. Very, very odd. Um, but he, he did. He talked me out of being a nun, talked me into being a Victoria's Secret model. Not many dads would do that. <laughs> um, that's a good dad right there. Yeah, that's a good dad. Um, but the, I can, I can say that one of the things, uh, from, from growing up in this myself, uh, the biggest fear is I ended up terrified of anyone touching me. Absolutely terrified of anyone, yeah. of anyone yeah. coming near me in, in any way. And a lot of the uh, men that I spoke to that grew up in the same culture, one of the things they really liked was the idea that, well, you know, she'll, I'll be the best she'll ever have. Like she'll have nothing to compare it to. She'll, I'll be the biggest. I'll That's be terrible. the best. I'm like, um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, 
but again, it's that, it's that power and control, right? Like she'll never know any better. Like I'm always going to be the best she's ever had. And on top of that, you know, we know what that means psychologically as well and how difficult it is to walk away from that. Uh, even if you're being emotionally, spiritually, or even physically abused. So, so then you're, you're breeding this culture of abuse and, and men have their control over these women. And, uh, it's, it's extremely, extremely dangerous. I'll, I'll be, I'll be perfectly transparent here. And I'm, I'm going to say it in front of God and everybody and your listeners. I mean, you know, that was something, and I put this out on TikTok, like it was something that my wife and I really struggled with. It, it took us almost a decade until we learned how to have good sex. Like, I mean, just because, because it was so broken by purity culture, which sounds crazy and terrible. And people are like, oh my God, it took you 10 oh, years to figure out how to really <clears throat> do what? I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And we were just like, because, because we didn't know what we didn't know. And we, you know, we just, uh, we, we had all these false teachings just wrapped up in, in our upbringing. And so, um, you know, thank goodness that my wife had a ton of grace and that I was able to have a lot of good conversations to walk me through that and to, you know, to kind of learn and grow and evolve um, and to, to be where I am today, which is still learning and growing and evolving, but it's, it's further down the road. And, um, you know, and, and now, you know, hey, now the sex is good, too. So there you go. And that and that makes a difference. One of the things uh, I actually growing up again, this is in, in Catholic school. um, they believe that women orgasming there there's is even a belief that women orgasming during sex is just going to lead them down a bad road. So half these guys growing up, there don't know what a clitoris is. So it's not exactly a great, uh, <laughs> great starting point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the quiverful movement? Oh Lord. Um, so, I, it's on television, I certainly, it's popular. <laughs> Yeah, I, I certainly think it's extremely dangerous just because of the thing we listed earlier, right? Like uh, yep. kids are a major, uh, major, not not problem by any stretch. I mean, we have four. Of course, we adopted three. So our youngest three are a sibling set of three. And we never in, in a million years thought we would have four kids. Like we thought we would have two. Like that was our that was our whole thing. And this just kind of all happened. And that's a whole other story, maybe for another show. But um, many now. Yeah. So it's, it's not do easy what, when you're done. Do it's not, you've got twice as many. Yeah, as no. yeah, it was crazy. So our oldest is biological. My wife's pregnancy was really, really, really difficult. And so we were like, you know, Hey, we're going to adopt like one other little girl. Like that's what we're going to do. You know, <laughs> we always felt like really strongly about adopting just, you know, because there's so many kids out there that need a home and we knew that, you know, where we were in life, like we could provide that. So we wanted to do that. And so, uh, and then, you know, uh, a really long story short is we ended up with this sibling set of three and the state was like, you can have all of them or none of them. And we were like, I guess we're taking all of them. So, <laughs> um, anyway, it's so wild. And the story is super wild too, because like they, the oldest and the youngest have the same dad. The middle has a different dad. He was the drug dealer for the mom. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole like redneck soap opera. It's pretty crazy, but, oh, um, but they're, we, we, you know, we've had them for, uh, 
we adopted them almost three years ago this month, actually. And so uh, it's been it's been great. But I think I think it's really, really dangerous. And I, I think it comes from that same exact like, you know, kind of purity culture movement. I, I, I have asked people often, like, you know, you see like the whatever the 19 and countings and the, yeah. you know, the horrible stuff with Josh Duggar and all of that. Oh, I have I have often. I have asked, like, out of all of those kids, like, let's just say out of the Duggars, right? Um, and this may seem like a really crass question, but especially as I've grown out of that, like, you see, like, a gazillion kids. And I asked somebody one day, I said, out of all of those kids, I wonder how many orgasms the wife had. <laughs> the answer yep. is probably a small amount, <laughs> if, if any at all. And it's like, you, you know, it, it's because it's this, it's, it's this thing where these men are just like, you know, they want a bunch of kids. They want a wife that's at home in the kitchen, barefoot, pregnant, like they, you know, that's what their religion has taught them. So that's what they're passing on to their kids and, and how they're keeping their wife in control and like all of this stuff. And it is so stinking dangerous. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be married to a fierce independent woman. Um, who doesn't need me, but she wants me. And that's a, that's a huge difference. Like I tell guys all the time, yeah. you need a woman who doesn't need you. You, 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 you want a woman who doesn't need you, but she wants you because that's, that's a major, major difference. My wife could walk away tomorrow and not, not feel the burden of it. She's a professional. She has a great job. She has a great career. She does a great job with everything that she's involved with. She doesn't need me but she wants me because, because she knows that we're a good team. And, um, and so I think there's something really, really powerful in that. And I, I wish more men would figure that out instead of keeping women pregnant, just to keep them in, under their thumb. Well, just, just by everything you've said so far, I can tell you've done amazing things for not only your platform, but for the world as a whole. Uh, but everyone comes on for a reason. So what do you want to teach the world? Why are you on social media? What do you want to teach the world? What's the one thing, if you could impart one thing, what would it be? Man, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is that I want people to see that um, that the teachings of Jesus are about love and grace and compassion and equality and social justice, um, and that there are still cisgender, heterosexual, white pastors from Southern America who, who honestly believe that, um, who, are, who are fighting to be good allies and trying to grow um, to be good allies because we believe that Jesus was, Jesus was somebody who would be a good ally, that he would be at the LGBTQIA rally with us, that he would be at the Black Lives Matter rally with us. Um, and so I, I want I want people to quit seeing bigotry in the church. So the reason that I'm so outspoken is because, number one, I want people to see that pastors are willing to police other pastors, like call out the, the hate and the bigotry and the, and the misogyny and the racism and all the other things, but that um, there are pastors out there who care about those marginalized communities and want to fight with those marginalized communities and, and and, and to hear their voices and, and uh, to, to just step out of the way and to pave room for those voices. So, um, you know, that's, that's, what I would, that's what I would desire for people to see from my platform. How do you think we went from an image of Jesus as a dark-skinned Hasidic man that hung out with hookers 
to a white corporate judgmental bully. We only have about four minutes the left American, of the show. Sorry. It's the American dream. That's the American dream. And so when people, you know, people want, they want their house in the suburbs with the, you know, with the, with the kids and the dog, and they want to they want to have a great job where they're you know executive or at least moving up, and they you know they want all of that, and they don't want to they they don't want to live in a neighborhood next to quote unquote those people. They you know they want to they want to build a border wall, even though Jesus said you know calls us to love the sojourner. Like um, they you know so it it is uh, it is creating um, it is creating a Jesus. Uh, to fit your narrative. And so that is what has happened here in America is that, you know, people have created a Jesus to fit their narrative. So in other words, it's not that, uh, it's not that their life is being informed by their worldview, their worldview is being informed by their life. So they Hmm. are fitting Jesus into whatever box that they want to shove him into to make it work. So they'll cherry pick scripture. They'll make up things. Like if you listen to some of these people talk, they'll say things that they say are in scripture. I'm going to tell you right now, I went to seminary. That crap ain't in scripture. Like they're just Mm -hmm. making it up. And so, you know, we need to learn how to read scripture in context. We need to learn how to look at the life of Jesus because you're a thousand percent right. Jesus was the guy that was hanging out with the disenfranchised, the marginalized, the broken, and his harshest words were for those who were a part of the religious establishment who were suppressing all of the people in their community. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, but it's all based out of comfort, right? It's making, it kind it, of people are weirded me out. Comfortable. When, when I came to America, yeah. I had never seen a white Jesus. It weirded me out. And I called my dad, we were talking about it a while ago, and he had me sending him pictures. Cause he'd never seen a white Jesus yeah. and we're from Australia. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, we're from a very Anglo country, but I'd never, never seen right. white Jesus. It, it was very, very weird to me. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we have about two minutes left. What do you want to say to everyone out there and tell them where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what I'd say to everybody is that, um, you know, that, that you're loved, um, you know, that God loves you. Um, and that, uh, you know, that, that, that even though that the American evangelical church has been so off-putting, they don't speak for, uh, they don't speak for the Jesus of, of scripture. You know, the Jesus of America is not the Jesus of the Bible. And so, um, you know, that, that you're very loved and that we should all work to love God and people passionately, no strings attached. That's, that should be how we, how we, uh, do our lives. Uh, people can find me on uh, TikTok at Pastor from OK, um, and actually on all my platforms at Pastor from OK, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so, best place is TikTok. I'm just I'm I'm most active there just because of the following, and uh, and then I also have a podcast you can check out. It's just that Pastor from Oklahoma, um, and you can get that on any of your podcast platforms. All of that being said, had I dragged uh, Bear to your church rather than Catholic church, I might have had a better chance of keeping him in church. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> just saying. Guys, thank you so, so much for joining us. Go check out The Pastor from OK. It's at, pastor for, at pa- The Pastor from OK, correct? Yeah, just at Pastor from OK. Yeah. 
Go check him out. Go follow him. He is absolutely hysterical and always fun to watch. And he goes into a lot of serious topics, but he's also really entertaining and a lot of fun. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. Thank you very, very much for joining us this week. Quick shout out to Sam Alvey. Kill it tomorrow, Smiling Sam. We want to see you win. Special thanks to my co-host, Bear. You can always find him at Bearfield on all platforms and follow us on TuneIn BTS. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.